Maria Walker describes herself as a fledgling director. She has racked up 10 years' experience in film, theatre and television. Her most recent theatre work was as the director of the Māori Vagina Monologues and an actor in the Takirua Productions 2013 Te Reo Māori season, Te Tira Puha. Maria grew up in Upper Hutt. She wasn't around Te Reo Māori and it wasn't spoken in the home. But spending time working at Orongo Mai Marae still provided an environment where she learned about tikanga and kawa, or protocols. Over the past decade, the characters that Maria has played has flowed into her personal life to the point where she finds herself becoming more curious about her taha Māori. My father's from Wairunga Te Kahununu. Uh, my mother's Dutch from Holland, Eindhoven. And I was born and bred in Upper Hutt. Uh, there was a big trade training scheme um, back in the day, which is how my mother met my father. <laughs> were, were they in Mawai Hakuna? Mawai Hakuna? That was like the kapahaka um, no, that no, um, hailed from Upper, upper Hutt. No. They, um, my father was um, from the meatworks. He never did any anything oh. cultural. He wasn't allowed to um, korero Māori at home. Mm. Uh, so he left as soon as... I think he was 17 and he left Wairua, the... the Meatworks had closed down, and he, um, yeah, the trade training scheme, joined the army, and he met my mother at a hotel where she was cleaning. But they weren't, um, they weren't really involved in um, Kapahaka, although they did. My father did work as a builder for Orongomai Marae in Upper Hutt. Yes, I was going to say, Orongomai, yeah, yeah, of course. Well, Orongomai yeah. is really the, the Marae of, of Mawai Hakuna. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so. he was very involved, and he, but we just weren't kohanga babies. I don't think uh, it was up. By the time um, I started school, we were always in the kitchen, tea towel all over my shoulder. And uh, no, we were always there for tangi and to help out. And um, uh, yeah, 21st and all that. My father was just really involved when he was um, a lot younger. But as he got older, he just uh, got more involved in the business side of things as being a labourer. So he sort of stepped away. He wasn't really confident with his real, so he didn't um, take sort of a high stance role as a kaumatua there, just sort of behind the scenes. But he was, um, yeah, he was uh, very pivotal in, in building it. So you um, spent most of your life in Upper Hutt? Mm. I attended Hiratonga College and then Upper Hutt College uh, just for a bit of a change uh, through the 90s. And they were good schools, but um, weren't really embedded with uh, a lot of tikanga. The Akapahaka groups were never really strong, so... I actually left to go overseas pretty much what would have been my seventh form year and went to Australia, saved and travelled overseas. It wasn't until I got back that I really um, questioned what it meant to be Māori and so I joined a um, performing arts school, Te Wānanga Aotearoa, and then that led to Toi Whakari. And then uh, since graduation from there, I've been... Aesthetically, I'm I, I'm, <laughs> I'm really a darker shade of Māori, so... <laughs> I always get cast as as, as a Māori, which is, which is great, but it's been a way of me learning. So right. not only just a little bit of te reo, but about a tikanga and our protocols. And, yeah, it's so you've become of, your art in a sense. The characters yeah. that you've taken on have led you to find out more about being Māori or more about your language? I think it's just, to be honest, it's sort of um, just let my curiosity just sort of start to, um, in Māridom, if that makes any sense at all. Yeah, so my, my I guess I was very intrigued naturally, um, but my curiosity was sort of answered as in, as I've gotten older. Um, 
I mean, for example, I sat down and had a chat with Witi Hamaida the other day. It would have never happened if I wasn't an actor. So it's it's just it's just panned out that way for me. So I think there's just an organic, natural involvement with Māori works, which I'm I'm really happy about. What did um, attending uh, Toi Fakari teach you, other than the obvious? You were there at drama school. I mean, I I actually when I was at Toi Fakari in my second year, I actually wanted to change tact and I wanted to be become a dancer and um, it was just coming to this realisation that with no limitations on that simply because I hadn't trained as a dancer so when I graduated I dabbled in both worlds straight mm. away with with actually a few worlds with film with theatre and with dance and as I've gotten older I've sort of pulled away from that and it's more difficult to get um, uh, movement pieces because of the amazing graduates that come out of New Zealand Dance School for example I just because there's still a dance involved in film, there's still choreography, there's still, you know, a really intense focus that's required. And it also pays a lot better. So <laughs> um, I, won't, I won't joke about that. It pays well. Yeah. So I just, I've just always loved film. 2013, you directed the, the Marty Vagina Monologues. Yes. Again, yeah, directing is just, I think, a natural part of um, getting older as an actor where, you know, I don't want to sound like I'm saving the world and everything, but it, it is really great to work with younger Māori actors who really want to learn and are really eager. And Kamaya uh, and Nipia, mm-hmm. Takawiramita, they're, they're particularly that way inclined. I mean, they're kapahaka babies and they have a love for the stage. And I, it, it, it's a kind of renewal and refreshing for me to be working with younger Māori. And the directing thing uh, is happening quite naturally as well so oh nice yeah hands and mini pies <laughs> Nunguru i te au i te pō mm. uh, so it was written by Noah, uh, Noah Campbell mm-hmm. and so you took on that role as director um, how was that process dealing with these three amazing young actors I think if I was to take it right back the process began really early on way before rehearsal started which I had absolutely no idea about um, so it was three months of prep with the designer, the costume designer, the sound designer, you know, the production assistant, the production manager, and I, I just straight away I was just so excited all the time. We had such a good team. Um, Mark McGregor, uh, he was he's created all the sound. He was just brilliant to work for. Um, the whole process with Nora, she's she's a, a natural. Um, lovely, fluid, young, new writer, and it was very simple. I think she just escaped to Piha and wrote about Tangaroa, what she was looking at every day. And it's about these urchins, these these wonderful young characters, about six of them. That just um, their world is affected by an oil spill. Uh, Nor is also quite political, so um, there are some remnants of her sort of political activism in this play, but so lightly touched on education for um, our younger rangatahi and we um, naturally when there's no budget or low budget I should say, yeah. we had to create um, a world and it's really easy to do especially when you've got no money, you're, you're limited That I think your creativity is more expansive I mean I hate to say it but you're really pushed to to come up with some new concepts and 
these three actors, they have two characters each, and they're in and out. They cue themselves. They cue their own music. They they sing their own songs. They dance their own pieces. They enact. Um, they get involved with the audience. They go out into the space. And so in, in that sense, there's no rules. Um, but even though, you know, sticking to the text, I'm quite a stickler for that. It's just fun. It's light. It's playful. Um, and I think what we found uh, was that we made our kuro and kroa, you know, queer laugh hysterically. Mm. And then we also got the young ones. So we we, um, we were aiming it. We hit, which was quite exciting. And now Capital E Children's Theatre have, have brought it off Takirua to stage it again in Te Papa's Marae. So it's going to have a great life. And that was part of my intention. I, I would love to see our... Um, Takirua's Te Romari season go international because it, it can be a universal story um, but just from our shores so I'm I would love to have another attack at another piece Just from um, watching the play it's about 90 to maybe 95% um, I Rotu Te Reo Māori Do, is there a fear that there is a lost um, can be lost in translation when you're dealing with I um, mean most of the kids that were there were mm. mostly um non-Māori. Mm. Um, so is there concerns when you're directing a play like that, which is um, all in a language that the kids don't understand? I think that that's that was definitely part of my task from the top because I was a performer for the Te Reo Māori season and we did go to certain uh, Papa and um, Pākehā schools that, you know, couldn't speak much Māori at all. And I think what I wanted to attain was a staunchness about the real but also, you know, this sort of fluid understanding and try, I tried to work with, it, you know, with their bodies and their movements so it can explain a lot of the work that's going on. And it is, it is difficult um, to understand um, without having a little bit of knowledge of Māori. But for this instance, um, as you said, 95%, I did um, talk to the actors about dropping the occasional word every now and again. Um, yes. It's really important and quite pivotal for the piece, such as... You know, the young character Manu being a poet, so drop that. You know, drop that our, yeah. our lead character Poo is a surfer, so drop that. And it actually becomes more comedically funny. You know, these first language um, performing artists just rattling out the Māori as fast as they can and then dropping this English line or word. I mean, and it's okay. Yes. But it's adaptable. It's subject to change all the time. You know, your environment is, is constantly changing, i.e. where you stage and perform a piece. And... These actors are adaptable enough, I think, and they're getting that under their skin that they they're confident within. And if they're confident, the audience is confident in them. So it's not a major concern, but mm-hmm. I do think it's important to you know keep it at ninety five or keep it at ninety. But again, you know, I, yeah. you want these because um, I was never fluent as a baby. I'm still not fluent, and. I'd appreciate those one lines every now and again. And the kids, they, they, I mean, they walked out if they didn't know the word tanifa, they knew mm. it certainly after watching the exactly. play. Exactly, just getting a little bit every now and again, it just sort of embeds in, the, in the, and it's implanted throughout the piece that things are repeated time and time and time again. There's this familiarity and this kind of, what we're hoping is, you know, this sort of, they're acknowledging who these characters are and the different names even. Um, and it, it tried to keep it as simple as possible but for example Trollis and Cressida I, I sat there with um, some of the translations and read the piece beforehand so but oh. again that piece was just gangster I mean Rachel <laughs> House did an amazing job and so I, I put the um, translation down after a while because I was just engaged enough and even though you know I would have loved to have understood more again it's a uni- you know it's a great piece not 
I guess it's universal in the sense that a lot of people know about Shakespeare, but oh, I just thought it was brilliant. Absolutely brilliant, yeah. What, what is the Te Reo Māori season? Is it when a whole bunch of productions in Te Reo are put up? Uh, the Te Reo Māori season started with Takirua Theatre Company, I think, 10 plus years ago. Uh, I'm probably wrong there. It could be 20. But uh, what that is is they get a group of actors, they get a you know a Māori fledgling writer, uh, director, and rehearse a piece for four weeks and then take it to Kurukaupapa around New Zealand. Um, and since it's been going on for so long, most of those Kurukaupapa actually just keep booking every year. So it's pretty much a sold-out show before we've even stayed. Is it throughout everything. the Mutsu or specific yeah, Kurukaupapa? Yeah, no, we go right up to Kaitaia, right down to the bluff. Um, it just depended on what um, schools book, really. Um, they do 60-plus shows if if, I think that's the standard. I think 60 is the standard. That's the normal number. And it's just to spread the encouragement of um, Te Reo Māori in schools that there's not just, you know, whaikōrero or kapahaka, that there's also the performing arts world. And, you know, these these actors that we have and all actors that have come before are also great singers So, and great writers um, currently. And so it's just... Also that, as well as the uh, the level of real, which is always at a very high standard, it's a long-standing tour, and it's just brilliant. It, it pays really well <laughs> to our <laughs> actors and performers in it, and it's uh, it's seasonal work. Um, you know, it's, it's a good three-month tour, sometimes four. So Takaroa have done really well to keep it going, and I think the involvement of Capital E Children's Theatre is um, a really um, new and quite a a bold move at the moment so I think these works can continue to have a life um, there's been some great pieces um, in the past and it will continue to happen no doubt so yeah, it's a good tour Tēnā queer Maria Walker actor and fledgling director